o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So the divisional round coming up this weekend. You can rank the quarterbacks, the eight that are still left, who's the best, who's the worst, and how they're playing right now. But also, who has the most to prove? Going from James today. Good morning, James. Good morning, guys. I think that Josh Allen definitely has the most to prove. He's, he has got to get the Bills over the Chiefs, probably for psychological reasons more than anything else. Of course, that is James over at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer, right there next to uh, Colorado Mesa. Swing by this morning, grab a cup of coffee. Later today, one of their uh, great Colorado Craft beers. And uh, we're glad to have them as a sponsor of Mav Day every Tuesday on the program. And at some point, we're going to do Mav Day over at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer. We're going to make that happen sometime uh, in the next uh, few weeks. We'll be... Uh, We'll do our show over there. Got to pull some things together as far as getting coaches there and, and athletes and things like that. But we are looking to to do that on location so you can swing by and yeah, talk with 9 a.m. beers. Love it. Oh, no, you can grab coffee, dude. Oh, with coffee. Okay. Well, we, that's great, too. That's fantastic. Yes, yeah. it is. And they're all Colorado coffees and beers, which I think is just I just fantastic. got uninvited, didn't I, for the 9 a.m. beers. Well, you, I, James would probably hook you up with one. Yeah, and, buddy. And then That'd James would probably go, I think Buckeye might need a little professional help. He's drinking at 9 o'clock in the morning. And you're not in Cancun or something, dude. It's a final hour <laughs> somewhere, you know. Final hour somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's the last uh-huh. hour of the show. Okay. It's Cancun, Vegas. 8.02. So James feels like it's obviously it's, it's Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah, and I agree. It's it's I can't argue with that. Boy, it's 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 hard for me to. Say. I mean, Allen makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff is the well. Well, how about we throw in Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford? And here he is. He's got them. He beats and here's Stafford. some money too, and a draft pick. Yeah, please he, take him. He beats Stafford, and Stafford's return to Ford Field. You know, they're they're a win away from from being in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Another win away from being the Lions' first ever Super Bowl. But there was always the feeling that, yeah, Goff will be, he's a bridge guy. He's a bridge guy until we draft somebody. And he's turned into be better than that. But it still feels like the people aren't sold on him as the quarterback there. And and you look around where, obviously, Mahomes, of the guys here, Mahomes has the least to prove. He's been there, done that. Yep. Been to two, he's won. Won a Super Bowl. You know, it's one what? Well, uh, two Super Bowls. Been to been to three, been one to three. two. Been to three, been to three, one two. You know, and I was I was looking that, you know, just kind of going over the eight guys that are playing this weekend. The game between Green Bay and San Francisco is really the of the quarterbacks, it's kind of the, hey, how about that bowl a little bit, you know? Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, who really have the two that haven't done anything as football players. Two young guys. Yeah, two young guys. They haven't Mr. really Irrelevant done. Irrelevant and the guy that replaced mm-hmm. Rodgers. You got Iowa State, Utah State, 
didn't do anything in college, didn't really do anything, haven't really done anything of note in the pros individually. You know, like you well, have. Buddy had a good finish last year, and then of course got right. blasted and got hurt. But for, you know, Texans Ravens, you have an NFL MVP and a Heisman Trophy winner in Lamar Jackson. You have going to be rookie of the year in uh, C.J. Stroud and was a wide field goal away from probably pasting TCU for a national championship game. That's Saturday. Then Sunday, you have a pair of number one overall picks in Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff. And you have probably the best player of this generation against Josh Allen, who is kind of in the purdy love mold a little bit but he's got more of a resume as an nfl player than those guys and interesting about about baker and about Goff in that they've also have been the yeah we don't feel like they've quite lived up to what what their draft slot mm-hmm. was correct on that on both of them yeah i mean bit. whether whether it's un, whether it's fair or unfair that's kind of the viewpoint of both these guys but they're also going through kind of a renaissance as mm-hmm. well where all of a sudden now Baker Mayfield, incredible performance, yeah. you know, against the Eagles. And the way he's playing, I mean, he threw for over 4,000 yards this year. He did not have a – he had a he had a really good season as a quarterback. Started every game. Yeah. And, you know – There's some fan sites that are taking receipts for Cleveland that, you know, what the guys that thought Baker was the problem. And this team is just a quarterback away. Well, well, maybe not. Because the quarterback has changed and the other quarterback's still in the playoffs. Right. So it's... Like it's, maybe it, Baker wasn't yeah. wasn't the Maybe he wasn't. I mean, that's... You know, yeah, with, with Goff, Stafford got them there. They won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't... But it wasn't like Jared Goff was... It, it didn't feel like Jared Goff was the problem necessarily. No, a pair, pair of 4,000-yard seasons got them to a Super Bowl. They didn't play that, particularly well in that Super it Bowl. It was an ugly game with the Patriots. Dog. Yeah, it was a dog game. You know, but they, I mean, if getting there's the be-all, end-all, he's already been to one. You know, he, out of everybody that's left in the playoffs, not named Patrick Mahomes, he's the guy that's played in a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's him and Mahomes, and that's it. Everybody else is looking to get there for the first time. Mm-hmm. Josh I, Allen's never been there. He can't beat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, I agree on on Josh Allen, but I, I I'm, I'm going more Lamar here. One time MVP probably will be the MVP. They'll be announced, of course, before mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. But the playoff record has been not great. His performance in the playoffs have not been great. They're the number one seed. Mm-hmm. It's set up for him. It, it he's playing at home against the Texans, young football team. Get it that they're they, they come off a very impressive win against your Browns, but you would think with with a week of rest, it looks like Mark Andrews, one of his big time weapons, could be very could be available coming up on Saturday. That it sets up for him to have success. The way their defense has played this year. The, the way the offense has evolved this year with him at the quarterback spot. But there's still those people. It's like, yeah, like we, we've had Robert, who's like, I don't think he's that great. 
Well, he did win an MVP, but then you look at the playoff record, and Lamar Jackson's playoff record is 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 extremely, it's extremely disappointing. He's one in three. His win, he was seventeen of twenty four for one hundred and seventy nine yards, ran for one hundred and thirty six and a touchdown, threw an interception. He's got three touchdowns and to five interceptions, one rushing touchdown. He's got 900 passing yards in five in four playoff games and 367 rushing yards. You take a look his highest game yardage wise. He was 31 of 59 for 365 yeah, and, and lost to Tennessee. What have we talked about? Anytime you throw it over 40 times, you're going to lose. You're usually going to lose. And that's and what happened. And with Lamar Jackson, it doesn't matter how many times he throws it. He's usually yeah. going to lose in the playoffs. But you're right, though. I mean, you, you look at the numbers, 194 in the wild card game against the Chargers. They lost. He's taken 19 yeah. sacks. I mean, there's the numbers are not are not good for him. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you're... He lost to the Chargers at the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> but nobody does that. Nobody does that. But the Ravens did. Yeah. Back in 2019. Then in People 21, say, they got pelted by the buff, by Buffalo. And, and, and I think you'd say, well, back, you know, 2019 was, you know, was a rookie and, you know, it's still lear- still learning and oh, okay. But but then what the, about 20 and 21 where he just looked atrocious in two separate games? Then he was hurt last year, didn't even play in the playoffs. Yeah. And they lost. They lost to Cincinnati by a touchdown. With Tyler Huntley mm-hmm. quarterbacking him. There's, there's not a great resume there for Lamar Jackson as your – guy that can get you to the promised land like i don't know i don't know if i believe he can take the ravens all the way he's one of those guys that okay now we're five years in six years in i think five 18 19 21 two, three, five, six years in like now you got to show me i i'm not going to believe in you until you show me that you can get it done and we kind of talked ourselves into lamar jackson might be the most approved here yeah, maybe. I, I think so. When you've when you've won an MVP, mm-hmm. but people are like, yeah, did he really deserve that? The year that he's had, he's had an incredible season, front runner for the MVP. At some point, you've you've got to win more than one playoff game. Josh Allen's won more than one playoff game in his career. Yeah. Not that Allen doesn't have a lot to prove. He does. I mean, it's set up as good as it possibly can. Buffalo at home. On a six-game winning streak against the Chiefs, it does set up nicely for them. Mm-hmm. And if he can't take advantage, then you're obviously there's going to be still the, the lingering questions of can Josh Allen get it done? I just think this screams Lamar Jackson, though, of the expectation. He's having that kind of an MVP caliber season. If he goes out and poops down both legs against the Texans, then people are going to say, well, so much of that MVP year, which was which was fine, but it's got to culminate in a championship. It's got to culminate at least a, in a in a championship game appearance. I just think that there's a lot of a lot there's of pressure. A lot of pressure. A lot, a lot of, pre- of pressure on him. I think Josh Allen too, but I'm starting to lean that way. That Lamar's maybe the guy with the most to prove here. It just feels that way. Allen's five and four in the playoffs. Because with Lamar, now you're getting to a list of accolades to where not many guys have a Heisman and two MVPs. 
And now, what do you have to show for it as the be-all, end-all, which is banners? How many banners you got at Louisville or Baltimore? It would be zero for all of these accolades. Two-time first-team All-Pro. And did he deserve to win the MVP that first time around? Yes, he did. He rushed, rushed for 1,000. I think well over 1,000. I think he rushed for over 1,200 yards, threw for over 3,000, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, 66 per second. But, yeah, he deserved that for his MVP. So he, he probably is a regular season player, deserved this one if he gets it as well. There have been seven players that have won the Heisman and the MVP. How many have two MVPs? I'm looking here to see. These are just... It they just has one MVP? It just indicates one, and it's, it's Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you name two of the other... Heisman say, and MVP? Heisman and NFL MVP. Stalbach? One, one of them's very infamous. OJ. OJ Simpson would be one of them. Stalbach? Super Bowl MVP. Not, not, regular, not okay. league MVP. Hmm. Manning never won the Heisman. Rodgers never won the Heisman. Lots of running backs. Only one other quarterback on this list. Still pseudo-active, still looking for gainful employment. One-time Patriot. No. One-time Carolina Panther. Oh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I, ooh, that's a good one. Hmm, okay, so let's see. Now, the rest are running backs, right? And there's four, if I, my math is correct. Yeah. Because you got OJ, Cam, Lamar, and then four other guys, right? So five running backs total. Five running backs total. Five, and, you, you you named one, and you named one of them, so. Ooh, running backs. Eddie George wasn't league MVP, nope. was he? No? Okay. Barry Sanders? Yes. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Eric Dickerson? He didn't win a Heisman. Nope. Because he got that program banished. Uh, One of them, you have to go back to the 60s where he... Paul Horning? Yes, there you go, Paul Horning. The other one, a beast in the late 70s into the 80s. Earl Campbell? Earl Campbell, the Tyler Rose. One more. Last. Last one, Raider Chief. Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen. There you go. And none of those guys were multi-time MVPs, I don't think. I'm trying to look here and see. It's. Uh, I'm trying to look at my, my own self. The ones that I'm seeing are all they've just won at one time. Lamar might be the only one to win it. Yeah, twice. I see the- OJ Earl Campbell with one each. Barry Sanders one MVP. If he wins it, he's going to be the only guy to ever do that. A yeah. Heisman and two MVPs. Yeah. And he's going to have nothing to show for it as, as a team player. He'll have a lot of accolades in his office. But none of it, it's going to culminate in a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Allen, by the way, five and four in the playoffs. I mean, the numbers of five touchdown game against New England, where he threw for 308, four touchdown game in the game against Kansas City that they lost. Um, I mean, the, the numbers for the most part are fairly impressive. 
He's got 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, he's there are guys that would love to have a season that Josh Allen has had in nine playoff games. Yeah. You know, no over 2,500 yards. He just, he can't get past Kansas City, lost twice, both at Arrowhead, and then lost to Cincinnati two years ago. Okay, so season. so we want your comments on it today on the team line. Who's the quarterback that has the most to prove of the ones in the divisional round? Text us, call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. Uh, we do, before we go around the NFL, which you've mm-hmm. already kind of started that, um, Glenn Gallegos, yes. who is a regent for, for University of Colorado, super good guy. Mm-hmm. Glenn called us, and he has four tickets for the CU women's game tomorrow night. Against UCLA. Over at Boulder at the CU Events Center. So, Glenn, thank you so much for thinking of that. Glenn can't use them. Mm-hmm. Third-ranked Colorado women's basketball team. Yeah. That is going to be number three CU hosting number five UCLA. So, if you can go, Six once o'clock again, tip. Four, four tickets for tomorrow. Six o'clock tip off of that game over at the CU Events Center. If you're the fifth texter, and please, if you can't go, don't don't text in. Okay, don't. Mm-hmm. And, we'll, and we'll have you come by and pick up the tickets. But it's four tickets for tomorrow night's game. Colorado, UCLA, women's basketball, tip-off at 6 at the CU Event Center. Well, go Buffs, fifth texter. You get the four tickets to the game tomorrow night, courtesy of Glenn Gallegos, CU Regent. So, uh, um, anyway. Glenn, thank you once again. Yes. Text in now on the team line to win those tickets. But once again, please, if you can't go tomorrow, if you're not sure, don't even don't even waste your time or yeah. our time. Just if you if you're like, hey, we can make I can make that happen. Text now. Fifth texter wins the tickets. 970-242-1340. All right. So uh once again, the fifth the texter will win those tickets. It's time for <laughs> The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, so we'll do a little preview of the divisional round this weekend. Of course, you'll hear all the games right here on the Team Sports Network. Starts with that first game on Saturday. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. The Texans, the four seed. The Ravens, the one seed. And uh, our pregame starts with Westwood at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So, Lamar Jackson, leading candidate for the NFL MVP, as we've talked about, uh, mentioned that he didn't play in the playoffs last year because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. So, this will be his first playoff game uh, after missing last season. So, for Lamar Jackson, look, he has a great defense that helps him out. The Ravens' defense finished sixth in uh, EPA per play uh, among all teams over the past 10 seasons. Phenomenal defense with an offense that has just gotten better and better as the season's gone along. And it's a Ravens defense that led the NFL in sacks during the regular season with 60. But Houston, they've been the hottest team in the league. But then the Ravens won six of their past seven games. And um, so here's D'Amico Ryans, coach of the Houston Texans, talking about uh, what they'll see Saturday against the Ravens. For the Ravens, I feel like they've grown uh, throughout the season as an offense. I feel like they're much more efficient. Lamar is playing exceptional football, right? MVP caliber football. He's done a really good job of you know, not only running the ball or creating off-schedule plays, but getting the ball to his playmakers. Uh, Zay Flowers truly pops off the tape. 
with his explosiveness, his dynamic playmaking ability. Uh, he's, uh, he's a problem in open field with the ball in his hand. So we have to do a really good job of tackling in space. It's going to be huge in this game, right? Not just one guy being at the ball, but got to have multiple guys around him because he's such a dynamic player. All right, so once again, coverage starts at 2 o'clock Saturday for Houston at Baltimore. And then it's the NFC Divisional game, San Francisco, the number one seed hosting the seven seed, the Green Bay Packers. Packers going went into Dallas to Gerald World, picked up a very convincing win uh, this last weekend in Super Wildcard Weekend. Jordan Love was really, really accurate and, and played some of the best football uh, that we've seen him play in his playoff debut. But the Niners, look, they have the number one offense, including the number one passing offense, they're also, I mean, they're loaded with playmakers. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Uh, their their defense doesn't stink either with Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Chase Young, which uh, Young, nice acquisition. Yeah, that worked out. It's worked out nicely for them. For me, it, it just kind of baffles my mind, the, the players they have and the ability to make something happen with the ball in their hand. And... They have one of the best, like you mentioned, best number, some of the best numbers in the NFL. On the regular season, they were fourth in passing yards accumulated, 4,384. They were dead last in passing attempts. Last. Every single team in the NFL attempted more passes than the Niners, and three of them had more yards. That number you know just they, doesn't seem to correlate. You know, you know what that screams? It's efficient. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, lot of yak. Hard to tackle, ball, guys. Ball doesn't hit the ground a ton. Purdy's accurate. The yards after the catch, he gets the most. It wouldn't, you get mm-hmm. the ball, get the ball, you know, to McCaffrey on a swing route. He's going to take it 30, 40, 50, 60 yards. It's nuts. And so they get they get the most out of their passing attempts. Doesn't throw a ton of incompletions. Doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. And those guys are all capable of breaking off big runs. Speaking of Brock Purdy, building on the Plath experience from last year feels like that uh, that's a, an advantage of getting to see what the postseason feels like and tastes like after last year. I feel like it's a little different, you know, just last year, you know, still trying to find my way in a sense. Um, you know, I got thrown in towards the end of the year. And, and so every single week I was, you know, still trying to play good and, and learn, you know, who I was as a quarterback and, and obviously – get more familiar with playing within the system. So those are all things that were sort of on my plate last year and, and then um, obviously trying to win every single week and get this team to the to the end. Um, and so now, I guess this year, just being more familiar with the offense, who I am and all that, um, it's, a little, it's a little different. Um, but it's good to sort of, you know, watch the games from last year and sort of remember, you know, just the, the feeling and the emotions of, you know, playing in a playoff game. Um, it's, it's good. It's, it's you know, huge for me as a quarterback to, you know, go back to those moments and sort of remember what it feels like. So um, those are things that I'm sort of banking on. And they're hoping that he stays healthy and they get to the NFC Championship game. They don't have to have Christian McCaffrey play quarterback or see if Steve Young will come out of retirement right. or Joe Montana. Steve Bono. <laughs> Anybody. Elvis Kerback. Yeah, Jim Drunkenmiller. Steve DeBerg. Hey, Steve DeBerg. Big fan of Steve DeBerg, this program Of is. course. Of course. I love Steve DeBerg. Why wouldn't I? Who, who wouldn't like Steve DeBerg? Who would not the love? The dreaminess of Steve DeBerg. 
that incredible uh, Jerry Curl that he had back in the day. What a perm. What a perm. I was looking at this. Yards uh, after catch on the Niners, their top four receivers have at least 380 yards after the catch this season. And that's why they have more yardage with fewer attempts Mm -hmm. than most teams. Half of Debo, over half of Debo Samuel's receiving yards come after he's caught the ball. It's incredible. So we move on to Sunday, where the fourth seed, the Buccaneers, coming off the Monday night uh, playoff win against Philadelphia, go to Detroit to take on the third seed of Lions, who uh, came up with the, the narrow victory at home over the L.A. Rams. And so the Lions have a chance to win multiple playoff games in the same season for the first time since, can you take a guess of the year? 1957. Did you look that up? No, that's just the last time they won the championship, I think. That was when they won the championship, 1957. So I was just guessing it's the last time they won multiple playoff games. So the Lions, they, they rank in the top five this season in yards per play, third, scoring fifth, passing yards second, and rushing yards fifth. And the Bucks, though, they won six out of seven. Of course, coming off that win against uh, the Eagles, where uh, Baker Mayfield threw for over 300 yards in the game. So Dan Campbell... Because these two teams played each other week six when Detroit went to Tampa Bay and won 20 to six. Dan Campbell, leader of the fight knee biters, says it's a much different Bucks team than they faced during the regular season. Todd's defense, first of all, I mean, he's been there for a number of years now, and they've got a number of guys on that defense, uh, you know, they've been together. And so it's evolved so much, you know. Um, and and so he, he's got these things um, – that they believe in, that they're pretty good at, the disguises, uh, the pressure. Um, and and so you're going to see that uh, no matter what. It's just a, maybe a different wrinkle to it, but they're really good at all of that, you know. Um, so they, they, have, they have so many things about themselves that, that he's not going to go away from. Now, a lot of that is the fact that you can't always see everything. It's not easy to see. It is, there is a lot of disguise. There is a lot of movement and, and uh, you know, um, but it's like I said before, this is a better team than when we faced them. All right, so that's Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions head coach. Bucks at the Lions with the pregame at 1 o'clock uh, this Sunday on the Team Sports Network. And then final game of the weekend, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, the three-seed at the two-seed, the Buffalo Bills. They both won their their first game fairly easily in the playoffs with the Chiefs knocking out the Dolphins in that uh, sub-zero temperature game at uh, Arrowhead. Bills beat the Steelers. Josh Allen's ability to run could be a big factor in this game. The 52-yard touchdown run that Allen had, that that his legs will be a big, big weapon. And for the the Chiefs, can their receivers hold on the football? Can they make a play? Can it be somebody else other than Travis Kelsey that they mm-hmm. have to lean on to to make this offense click when they go to Buffalo? Where they, uh, well, the Bills have won six in a row since they beat Kansas City during the regular season. Remember when the Bills were dead in the water after the Broncos beat them in yeah. the Monday night game? Things yeah, have changed. Yeah, they were sinking. They were, they were a sinking ship that has turned it around. The Sean McDermott 9-11 comments that came out from a couple of years ago seemed like they were they were dead in the water. Uh, they definitely turned it around. It'll be the first time since the 93 AFC Championship game. The Buffalo will host the Chiefs in the playoffs 
You know who's looking forward to going to Buffalo and facing Bills Mafia? No one. Well, Patrick Mahomes oh, is kind of Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. He's yeah. kind of excited about it. I've been lucky enough to play a lot of games at home at Arrowhead Stadium. It kind of just everything's fell that way. Um, but now we get a great opportunity to go on the road, play in a hostile environment, one that I haven't been able to play with, stand, with fans in the stands. Um, and even though I know it's going to be hostile and there's going to there, there be people talking trash and everything like that, I'm excited for it because, I mean, it's one of the best environments in football, and you want to do that when you grow up watching these games is play in the best environments and see what it's like. Chiefs defense could be a they'll be a big factor in this game, and then on the offensive side, we talked about needing a reliable pass catcher, somebody besides Travis Kelsey. Rasheed Rice has become that guy, and so we'll see if Mahomes and Rice can make some connections. It's going to be very very cold, and uh, it's going to be a heck of a matchup between these two, and that'll start around uh, four thirty our time this Sunday. The Chiefs at the Bills to wrap up the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. It's going to be very cold in the vacuum. It's going to be warmer than the Chiefs played last week That is by a significant that, amount. That is true. That is very true. All right, uh, that's around the NFL. It's time for the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday. Yes, up for grabs today, a case of New Belgium, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. We're looking for the first correct answer on the text line 970242. 1340. A couple of things. If you've won any time in the last two weeks, sit it out. If you are under the age of 21, since it is beer, please sit it out. Also, if you don't want the prize, go ahead and sit it out as well. The Colorado Avalanche play at Boston tonight back in 96. At the then Fleet Center, the team played its first game in Boston as the Avalanche. In a 3-0 Avs win, I scored the first goal of that game. Who is it? First correct answer on the text line, 970-242-1340. Gets a case of New Belgium, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. We'll boil it down for you. Who scored the first goal as the Avalanche in Boston in franchise history? All right, so get your answer in now on the team line, 970-242-1340. We've got Ammon from Fruta Parks and Rec with us. And Ammon, lots going on out in Fruta. A sweetheart run coming up uh, next month, by the way. Uh, yeah, February 10th, um, we have the 5K and 10K, and the registration is filling up super, super fast, um, so I would encourage registering quickly. Um, the 5K is $30, and the 10K is $35, um, and then it goes up $10 after January 27th. So if you want that shirt and you want it to be cheaper, I would sign up now if you, if yeah, you want don't, to. Yeah, don't delay. Get, get signed up today. Go to the, the Fruit of Parks and Rec website to get signed up. you got a couple other things, too, that uh, that are coming up soon. Yeah, in April, Fruit Academy is starting up it starting up again. And this is just a great way for people to come learn um, from city leaders and tour city facilities and just learn more about their local government. Um, it's a free class. Um, it's over four weeks, and you get a certificate and recognition from the city council, and there is cupcakes involved. Oh, you got to love it. you got cupcakes. That's a big incentive right there to, yeah. to, to show up. And then you got one other thing that you have uh, on the horizon. Yeah, so we have a new program. Um, on February 9th, we're doing a movie night in the pool. Um, so your kids can come, bring their floaties, and watch The Little Mermaid in the pool. It's going to be that awesome. That would make sense, right? Yeah. Little Mermaid? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, and that costs $10 per person, and you just call the Fruity Community Center to register. So they can call. They can also go online as well. Yeah, fruity.org slash parksrec. All right, Ammon, appreciate it. So uh, if you're looking for something to do, Fruit is a place to go yeah. with Fruit of Parks and Rec. All right, 8.32, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Right.
Welcome back, 835. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's been a while since you played some Aerosmith. I like that. That's good. All right, so if you got some thoughts about our, our question today, of the quarterbacks remaining in the divisional round, which one has the most to prove? Which one's the best? Which one's the worst of the group? We, we both kind of feel Lamar Jackson has the most pressure on him. He is the leading contender for the MVP. He's already won an MVP, but he's only one for three in the playoffs. His best performance was 359, but he threw 59 times, but they lost to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so... How much of that was garbage time? Exactly. Know. Where they were behind, just got to got to keep throwing the football. Josh Allen, um, James over at Cutter to Craft Coffee and Beer over by the college, thinks it's Josh Allen. If you got some thoughts on it today, uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, so text or call us on the team line. 970-242-1340. All right. Do we have a winner for the tickets? Uh, no, no, we no. don't have a winner. For okay. Tickets. So once again, we're going to we'll do it again. That there's four tickets for the Colorado women's basketball game tomorrow against UCLA. The Buffs are the number three team in the nation. Mm-hmm. UCLA is what, number five? Yes. So it's a, it's a, top, it's a top ten matchup, a top five matchup. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Gallegos, who is the CU region here locally, uh, can't get to the game tomorrow. So he's got four tickets. It tips off at 6 o'clock. And so we're we're up against it a little bit. I know for some of you it may be tough to to pull this off, but it's four tickets to watch the Colorado women who went on the, the, the great run last year in the NCAA tournament. Right now the number three team in the nation. It's four tickets. And if you can if you can go to the game, we'll take the fifth texter, but we'll go buffs on there. First name, last name. You have to pick up the tickets today, by the way, because we will be closed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you can come by and pick them up today. So what you need to do is text in right now, go Buffs, to 970-242-1340. All right, do we have a winner for who is it today? Uh, Yes, I believe we do. We're double-checking Okay, well, I will, I will wait on that. All right. So uh, while we you – know, it's once again, if you, if you can use those Buffs tickets – should be an incredible game tomorrow night. Uh, once again, text in to win. It's four tickets, by the way, to the game tomorrow, 970-242-1340. Yes, we have a winner. Okay, so I can actually do this. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. The first goal scored by a player known as the Colorado Avalanche in Boston was Joe Sackick, January 9th, 1996. Allen first in the door with the correct answer there. Nicely done, Allen. Way to go. All right, so congratulations to him. And once again, right now, if you if you can use those tickets, it's four tickets for the CU women against UCLA. And the Buffs are, are the number three team in the nation. Six o'clock tomorrow night. Text in we'll go Buffs. To the team line, 970-242-1340. Once again, that is four tickets for that game tomorrow night. All right, we will take a break, and we'll come back on the other side. It's our team's team of the week. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. It's the team's team of the week on the Jim Davis Show. 
All right, it's time for our team's team of the week. And this week, it's the Grand Junction Girls Swim and Dive Team. And with us this morning, Coach uh, Denise Thompson and Kylie Mole joins us in the program. Ladies, thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. You guys are coming off uh, last, well, two weeks ago. Uh, you took first as a team at the Montrose Invitational. First, uh, we'll go to Kylie. Kylie, you won the 100-meter breaststroke. You won by five seconds, so that's enough to get to the wall and kind of turn around and take a breath before anybody else finishes. First of all, as somebody that doesn't win anything, let alone by five seconds, what's that feeling like to get to the wall first with that much time to spare? Um, it's really nice, and it honestly just shows that like whatever effort you put in at practice, like helps you win races and it's just like a nice feeling to know that you're able to win and just do something amazing for yourself and your team you also won the 100 meter breaststroke at the delta december invite so it feels like that may be kind of your best discipline in the pool is the breaststroke yeah it is it's my best stroke is that your favorite sometimes the the one you're the best at is not always the favorite is that the case with you or is that your favorite uh, discipline um it honestly depends on the day and how i'm feeling if it's my favorite stroke or not we also have but coach... mainly it's oh. my favorite nice coach denise thompson also with us uh abigail price won uh, the 100 200 meter individual medley at montrose but as a team you guys took the top four spots uh, talk about the depth you guys had not just kylie mole but uh, abigail price natty lee cologne won in montrose as well you guys seem to have a pretty deep roster of swimmers there um we do not as deep as we had last year but we do have some good depth and a variety of athletes wanting to swim a variety of events which is good a lot of times the girls want to stick to the 50 free and the 100 free and they don't want to branch out to the more difficult strokes and events that are longer so it's nice to see that the girls are willing and able to compete at those various events it's our team's team of the week with grand junction uh, girls swim and dive coach denise thompson and kylie mole uh that competes for the tigers uh Denise, uh, I know last year you had uh, quite a few swimmers from Palisade. I believe seven of them came from Palisade. Kind of take us through kind of mixing those two schools, Palisade and, and Grand Junction, to compete as the Tigers and, and how that all uh, comes together with, with the swimmers from other schools competing under the Grand Junction banner. Um, I think it, the mix is really good. Um, the girls seem to get along well um, and they work well together in the lanes and at a swim meet they work fine there's not any animosity because i'm a bulldog and i'm a tiger they seem to understand that in order to compete and compete well they need each other so they rely on each other Grand Junction Tigers swimming coach Denise Thompson with us on the Jim Davis show. You mentioned you have girls from multiple different schools coming in and joining the same swim team and all swimming under the same banner. You also don't really have that week in a week out consistency of like a basketball. You know, they'll they'll play Friday, Saturday, and then they have practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, you know, this and that. How do you get them all together and kind of swimming is a lot of individuality but there's also the team aspect of it too how do you kind of build that team atmosphere with 
a somewhat inconsistent schedule during the swimming season? Um, I don't know that our schedule is that inconsistent. We practice five days a week, um, and we have a meet almost every Saturday. So they're together six days a week. And I do a lot of team-building kind of activities with the girls so that, you know, we're doing relays and practice. We're doing partner swims. We're trying to build the team together and not let them be with their bestie from their school. So I try and get them to interact with each other. Um, And they just mesh together. They've just done really well in meshing their personalities and their schools together. It's our team's team of the week with uh, Grand Junction Tigers girls swim and dive coach uh, Denise Thompson, also a swimmer Kylie Mullen. Kylie, uh, kind of take us through how you got into swimming. What was the what what got you? What what attracted you to the sport? How long have you been competing in swimming? Um, so when I was in Florida, I was swimming in like this place called Discovery Cove, and I really just wanted to swim, and that really got me into swim. And then I joined club, and I started. So I've been swimming for about six years now. Is there anybody that, that's had a, obviously Coach Thompson has a big influence on you, but that maybe has helped, kind of helped shape you when, when you're going through your, your club program as you developed as a swimmer? Is there somebody that kind of a coach back then that kind of helped to, uh, to, to hone some of your skills? Um, I think my club coach, Ed, and one of my other coaches, Landon, they really just helped me. And whenever, like, it was hard, they just, like, helped me mentally and pushed me in the sport a lot. We have Coach Denise Thompson and Kylie Mole, Grand Junction Swim Team. Coach, I'll I'll ask you about the kind of the club dynamic because sometimes you get in baseball or basketball or volleyball, the club sport and the the varsity high school prep sport. Coach, so you know maybe butt heads sometimes along there. How do you integrate what your swimmers do at the club level or in their club swimming uh, to what you guys are doing at the at the high school level? Um. If you swim, you swim, so you're always going to get the practice in. Um, we don't have, you know, in basketball, in a club basketball program, you may run, uh, play A, B, and C, and A, B, and C is going to be totally different at the high school level. So I don't have that kind of problem. If they're swimming, they're swimming, and they're swimming to improve their skills and to improve their endurance and to improve their mental and physical ability to compete so i don't know that there's a huge difference when i coached in idaho i coached both club and high school so i never saw it there either so i think it's just it's a different sport they're individual but yet they're team and so if they want to be a good swimmer individually they'll be a great team player it's our team's team of the week, uh, Grand Junction Tigers girls swim and dive coach uh, Denise Thompson, also Kylie Mole from the Tigers uh, swim team. And, and and Denise, I want to ask you about, about the legacy of Grand Junction swimming because you have uh, a swimmer in Shawna Gilmore, which is in the Chassa Hall of Fame. She went on to compete at the University of Nebraska. She was an All-America swimmer. She was uh, the first prep swimmer to go undefeated in both the regular season at State for three years, won 12 events at State. I mean, she's probably, she's the school's, greatest swimmer in in the history of, of the program do you talk to your your swimmers about the legacies like that and what and grand junction traditionally has been one of the better along with montrose one of the better swim and dive programs on the side of the hill 
do you talk with your swimmers about uh, about that legacy and about uh, I guess representing that legacy? Wow, thanks for educating me. Um, you know, I'm new to coaching the Grand Junction girls. I've been around for about five years now, so that's a new um, piece to Grand Junction Tigers that I need to share with them. So tonight at our team dinner, I think we'll talk a little bit about okay. the legacy that that Shauna Gilmore had and just what the Grand Junction Tigers have done over the years. Um, that's a new one for me. So thanks for bringing that well, up. Well, good. Well, let's see. There's there's a little history you can impart to him. She was uh, there. She was inducted in, in 1990. I, I do remember her career because I've lived here a very long time. But, uh, but yeah, she was a, a tremendous, like I said, All-America swimmer at the University of Nebraska. She moved on to a career in dentistry after a time in the pool. But, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a name that, that, you know, for those of us that have uh, been here a long time, kind of still resonates when it comes to Grand Junction Tiger swimming. She still does hold some team records because I've seen her name up on the board. And uh, so an icon we need to lift up and remember and strive to be like. And perhaps you'll be coaching the next Shawna Gilmore somewhere down the line. Oh, you never know. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. Well, we appreciate the time. Uh, Grand Junction Tiger Swimming Dive Coach Denise Thompson, also a Tiger Swimmer Kylie Mole with us in the program, our team's team of the week. Ladies, thank you so much. Good luck rest of the way. Of course, state coming up on the horizon. Best of luck to uh, the Tiger Swim team. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for coming on today. We appreciate it. All right, that is our team's team of the week. Yeah, yeah. that was just, a lot of fun. Just a little, little quick. I'm going, Shawna Gilmore, she was like one of the greatest ever to compete mm-hmm. at Junction. I forgot how good she was. Wait, you said undefeated for three years, right? Correct. That's, I'd say, Colorado Phelpsian. That's, she's the first prep swimmer to do that in the state, to go undefeated in both the regular season and state for three years. Mm-hmm. She won 12 events at the state meet, four each year, set state marks almost pretty much every time she got in the pool. I... Like, it's impressive to go undefeated as, like, a wrestler in an individual sport, you know? Like, but sometimes you're swimming a relay, and it's not always up to you whether you win or lose because you might be done or you might be so far behind by the time you get into your leg of the play. That's absolutely ridiculous to be undefeated. You can go back to 2014. Taylor Kidd was really, really good as well. Mm-hmm. She qualified uh, for state... Um, Third through three straight years. She had some some very good years at uh, at Grand Junction. So um, that's that's another name, at least in, in recent memory, that uh, uh, has had a lot of success in yeah. the pool see, for Grand Junction see, High School. And you see the names up there, but you don't always know exactly what they did to get up there. Now, now you're educating the Tigers a little bit. All right. So um, on on the Buffs tickets, well, we'll give it another shot here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I know, know it's going to be a long shot because of of the the time and the the travel Got as find I room as I then, well know the, yeah. the, the travel was not great this past weekend. It, it is short notice, but we have four tickets. This is through uh, CU Regent Glenn Gallegos. Four tickets for the Colorado women, the number three team in the nation against the number five UCLA Bruins tomorrow night six o'clock over in Boulder. So it's four tickets. And if you text in right now, go Buffs, you'll get those tickets. But please don't text in if you can't use them, all right? We would, yeah. We don't, we don't want to waste uh, waste the tickets 
if if you don't if you can't use them there's no point in you texting in so if you can though you can uh, make arrangements text in now to win those tickets it's for them for the cu women and ucla tomorrow night six o'clock over the cu event center all right also we're asking today on the team line of the quarterbacks left the eight quarterbacks left which one has the most to prove is it lamar jackson is it brock purdy is it josh allen who has the least to prove it's mahomes yeah it's one two he's been to three Patrick Mahomes has has nothing to prove. He's the he's the guy that has the least pressure on him in in regard to all the quarterbacks that are playing in this divisional round. And once again, we'll have coverage both days of the divisional games, all the action right here on the team with Colorado Mesa basketball on Saturday when they take on South Dakota Mines. That'll be over in eleven hundred KNZZ. But uh, Mavs on uh, the team tomorrow night when they score off against Black Hills State. All right, so. Get your answer in or get your opinion in today on the team line, 970-242-1340. All right. So uh, just a, a quick reminder, uh, we'll have Avalanche Hockey tonight. We really enjoyed talking with Connor McGahee mm-hmm. yesterday. I hope that he shared uh, with Mark Mosier the uh, the story about <laughs> me having him FedEx yeah. Mosier's credit card back to him when he came over here with his daughter. Mm-hmm. After Mosier forgot his passport the other day. We've gotten a lot of run from the Altitude media folk the last two weeks or so. We certainly have. They have been some quality grist for the mill. Oh, yeah. The last couple of weeks. All right. So, hour three coming up. Uh, next hour, we'll talk with uh, being inductee into the Wildcat Hall of Fame coming up on February 2nd. Uh, former Fruta High School standout Clarence Ross will join us next hour.